And just like that, we are back for another week of pre-season NRL fantasy chat. Uh, my name's Chris Kennedy in the studio, as always, with Don Brock. Don, we've had another weekend of trials. There's a final big weekend of trials coming up. Do we have a few more clues than we did this time a week ago? Uh, we do. We can rule out a couple of players who picked up injuries on the mm. weekend, unfortunately, last week. This time last week, it was all happy days. No one was hurt. Um, but, uh, yeah, some big injuries on the weekend. Tommy Turbo, uh, Tevita Pangai Jr., um, Kikau, all popular players. Uh, a bunch of clues as well from the trials. So, uh, yeah, plenty to talk about. Annoying sort of injuries because they're not, you know, if they're out for 12 weeks, you put a line through them. A lot yeah. of them are sort of chasing a, a round one, if not round two, round four sort of starts. So yep. then you sort of have that tricky decision to make depending on how much you want. Particularly the cheapies. I think Tommy Turbo, if he's out for round one, he's a no-go. But a, a cheapie who's back round two or three might be still feasible. Yeah, yeah. Tommy Turbo is definitely a no-go. But, yeah, as you say, the others are chasing a, you know early season comeback. Um, the other thing is uh, Payne Haas is missing yeah. uh, first four rounds of the season. Um this year, the podcast has been bumped up to Tuesdays to coincide with Teamless Tuesdays. We've already had the first casualty of that is that we missed the Payne Haas news last week <laughs> coming out on Tuesday. That news came out Tuesday night. But uh, yeah, he's he's a no-go now for a cash cow. Um, people are talking about, some are talking about holding him anyway for when he comes back in round five. I think that's a little pointless. Um, it's If he was an absolute, you knew he was going to play, you knew he was going to be a gun, you knew he was going to make money, you knew yep. you are going to trade him in anyway, I'd say, okay, maybe, but... When he comes back, they've got two other rookies in Flegler and Carrigan who are a chance of the spot. They've got two older blokes in Fenceman and Tungatesi who are both also fighting for the spot. And even if he does play, he's still very young and they've got a lot of senior forwards who can take a, a lot of minutes. So, yeah, I think it's probably too much. If anything, doubt. he seems like a, a perfect um, cash-out option in round six or something. Um, see how yeah. he goes in round five. If he does well, you can trade out one of your cash cows who's starting to peak for him so yeah I definitely wouldn't have him in my team for round one for sure me either anyway the format today we're going to talk through the top 10 most selected halves the top 10 most selected second rowers um, go through a few more of the talking points from the trials and also get to some reader questions because it's our podcast and we can do what we want we're going to start with the reader questions today because we put the uh, the call out in and there are quite a few and some of them were quite pertinent questions so uh Let's get straight into some of those. The first one came in from Callan Kelly saying, are you guys aiming to prioritise your cap space towards any position in particular due to lack of cash cows and mid-range mid options in those positions? Um, for me personally, I don't know about lack of cash cows. I think we'll certainly find a few in the round one teams, but they mostly seem to be coming through in the backs um, and potentially halves, meaning I, I think at the moment my cap's going to be more weighted towards forwards, props, second rowers, and potentially hookers. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, I agree. Um, front row is the kind of tricky position, I think. Um, mm. At the moment, finding a good third prop is tough. But, um, yeah, generally I don't really think in terms of positions. I just think in terms of players. So you want, mm. you want as many players who are going to um, make a lot of cash. So if you jump 10 points on your break-even... You're going to make 150 grand, I think. Every 10 points is worth 150k uh, in fantasy. So you want as many of those guys as you can get, um, or you want guys who will be in their top three scorers in their position. You know, your Tedesco's, your, yeah. you know, by the end of the season, yeah, Cameron, uh, Cameron Smith, Damien Cook, these kind of guys. So, yeah, I think try to aim for those types of players. Don't think in terms of I need to spend this much on front row or or whatever. Yeah, so. Not. Um, yeah, so really just packing as many cash cows who are actually going to start in round one as possible and then, you know, spend big 
elsewhere. And that's the key. Uh, question from Brad Hinchko. Is there anyone in the tier below the three wing fullback keepers you have your eye on as a potential mid-range priced gun uh, or cash cow, such as Dylan Edwards, uh, Drinkwater, Moses Mbaye, these sort of guys? Um, not massively, I don't think, at this point. There's a few cheapies around. Zach Lomax is in heaps of teams. Yeah. Yeah, I, at the start of the season, I was looking at and still might... Uh, was looking at uh, Tedesco at the very top just because I think he can improve a bit on last year. Um, those mid-priced guys that he talks about uh, are interesting ones. So Edwards, Drinkwater, um, Connor Watson at the Knights, they're all priced around 40 points a game, just under, I think. Um, and they can all do better than that. So Edwards scored 45 a game last year before he got injured. So he's a bit of value. Um, Drinkwater scored high 50s or 60 or something in his one game last year mm. and his stats um, in Queensland Cup are really good so he could be a gun as well but hard to know after just one NRL game very expensive for a guy with one one game exactly well. yeah Connor Watson likewise has scored really well at fullback in the past so yeah they're all um, they've all got upside but they're not really guaranteed either way they're not guaranteed to make a lot of money they're not guaranteed to be in the top three wing a fullback it's going to be Teddy Turbo and someone else maybe mm. I don't know. It could be one of those, two of us to check, exactly. So, um, yeah, they're not really gambles. Edwards is probably the safest of them. Um, Mm. He's a real tackle breaker. Uh, Assuming he keeps that fullback spot all year, which we expect he will, but any little form slump, they've got Dallin Wittani Zilesniak waiting in the wings. So, um, yeah, him, maybe Watson, if the Knights really go great at the start Mm. of the year. Watson, we've seen, is a really dynamic running tackle busting sort of fullback when he when he winds up and we had a few big games last year um moses Embar on the list i think we found when he went from dogs to tigers and lost yeah. all his kick meters he um yeah that really scoring came a lot. back to the pack um not the goal kicker either i think he's a yeah. no-go this year i've heard a few people put matt morlin in that category um even when he was playing fullback at the panthers he never really um you know, it's a bit more of that Darren Lockyer, Darius Boyd exactly. ball playing type. He doesn't really get those huge, you know, Tedesco, two of us, a check, tackle bust and run meters that we like from yeah. from fullbacks. So, yeah, and there's probably cheapies and, and guns, I think, mostly in the fullbacks. Don't forget Chance Nickel Klockstadt's a big chance yeah. of getting the, the one at Canberra, and he's very cheap. Um, a few other cheapies floating around, so I'd sort of aim more towards that yep. part of the market. Question from Paul Burns. Firstly, how many keepers do you normally start the season with? Secondly, Ponga's potential scoring up or down with the positional change? Uh, I'll answer the second bit first. Uh, we think down for Ponga this mm. year. Um, he's uh, He can score in a lot of ways um, and he'll get more tackles this year, as we've said, playing uh, in the front line uh, at 5'8", but his tackle breaks will have to drop and his run metres probably as well. Um, not playing at fullback anymore, so I think he'll lose out of that. He probably won't. His kicking won't change that much. He kicked a little bit last year, but either way, he's playing next to Mitchell Pierce, who gets heaps of kick meters. So, um, yeah, I think Ponga will go down a bit. The keeper question is a bit trickier. You really, I think, a minimum of two at the start. Mm. You want a captain and probably a vice captain who are both really good scorers. You could get maybe five or six, um, but yeah, that's probably the the max i mean i'd start i'd start with the cash cows first and then throw in a few yeah. keepers as many keepers as you can afford really you end up with um potentially players like damien cook last year yeah. who you're buying below keeper price who end up being a keeper usually yeah. you sort of uh, jay arrow was in that bracket until he started getting hurt as well um 
think when I end up with a team, I usually have probably five or so names there who I'm thinking are going to be keepers through my team through the year, yep. barring injury. So I'll start with a you know a feeder and a Tedesco and someone else and, and hope that they're going to stay injury-free and yep. score well all year. So. Even the keepers, I think, try to get guys who are going to improve, have, have some reason they'll improve this year. You want every player on your team to make money, to go up in value, I think, mm. across the season. And guys like Fafita, as, as we've said, He's you know, a more senior man at the Sharks this year with no Luke Lewis and Wade Graham out. So there's some upside there. So even your really expensive players, you want them to be um, better as the year goes on, I think. Mm. I assume if you're starting with Damien Cook this year, you're not expecting him to make money. You're just hoping for well, that's something the, close to Yeah, that's what parity. goes against Damien Cook, I guess. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Alessandro Tolocco, who's the better option out of Ponga and Pierce? We've sort of just talked down Ponga a bit. I don't mind Pierce as a keeper. He's not in my team currently, but... Um, you know, had a bit of an injury-interrupted season. He's a 50-plus player when he's uh, injury-free. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I think Pierce probably a little safe. I haven't looked at his numbers, really, but, um, yeah, probably Pierce. I mean, Pogger might still end up being great, but I think he's just a little overpriced for, for what he is. So, yeah, mm. probably Pierce. Dylan asks, uh, Aidan Tolman, Corey Harawira, Naira, Dylan Napa and Kerrit Holland, all good Bulldog assets to own if they start? Question mark. All underpriced, in my opinion. Um most of those guys are probably underpriced. I'm not sure about Harawir and Naira, but the other three. Yeah, I think if he does start and plays, if he plays 80, say. Oh, then, certainly. But then it's just a log jam that he's got. Exactly. And um, at the moment, I don't know if he is going to start. Um, yeah. They named a pretty full strength pack for the trial last week, and he was in the bench. Um, I believe the others, yeah. Um, Holland would have to keep up the the high scoring he had at the end of last season. Mm. I mean, uh, the benefit to him is all those games he played off the bench. Exactly. So minutes. He's, he's underpriced if he scores as well as he did in the run home yes. last year, which was uh, really good. But, um, yeah, the Dogs would need to, you know, score some plenty of points, get a few wins against some uh, good teams at the start of the year. So that's a bit of a question mark. Uh, Napper and Tolman are both like, I think. They should both, mm. they should both in, you know, increase their value to some extent. It's whether they jump up to make 100k 150k 200k or whether they just improve a little bit so mm. yeah that's the only gamble yeah Napa obviously getting very small minutes towards the end of yep. the Roosters which is probably the only reason he's underpriced whether he can increase enough from that to be worth sort of the the trade you're going to have to use to get him out because he's not a keeper is probably the question yep Lachlan Chevis asks thoughts on all cash cows which are the most likely to make the most money I'm looking at Adam Kieran and Dylan Brown maybe Aaron Gray as well any shoe-ins for your team um, Dylan Brown if he starts is a shoe-in for me and probably Zach Lomax are the two must-haves at this point yeah I think Kieran will be as well if he starts mm. um, I mean the fact they have a couple of options and they're all pretty young means if the Warriors struggle early they could drop whoever they're half is the young half is for and try another one so his job security is not going to be great but um he looked solid enough in the trial kieran uh on the weekend uh, a lot of kick meters so he's based mm. that should be all right so um i don't know if he'll make the most money and, and same with the other guys it's more about guys who you are certain are going to make some money and mm. like brown's number one i think in that list he's yeah. um he looks like he can score pretty strongly as well 40 45 a game ideally um, he could be the cash cow of the year if, if that goes to plan. Yeah, we've had one try look at him and he's, uh, I think he played what, 50 or 60 odd minutes and yep. yeah, running game was great, kicking game was great. So as with young players, they can kind of fluctuate in, in form, but anything, you know, vaguely, you know, 40 and 20 alternating weeks is going to still make him decent coins. So I think he's close to a must have. Yep. Um, Benny Cronk, no relation to Cooper, or maybe he is. Hey, guys, good to have you up and running. Just wanted your thoughts on Dylan Edwards as a mid-range cash cow 
I can upgrade to the likes of Tuasa Shekwa Ponga down the track and your thoughts on SR Masters as a point of difference. Um, Edwards have probably gone over, unless you've got anything further to add. Yeah, I like Edwards the most out of all those guys he's mentioned. Um, RTS and Ponga. Tuvasa Shek is fine. I mean, he's obviously great, but whether he can improve mm-hmm. on last year, you know, he won the Daly M last year. Ponga, as we said, we think we'll go backwards. Masters was really good last year as well. Um, again, I don't know if he can improve on that. Mm. The whole, are you are you a, a pod person? Do you like point of difference buyers? Kind no, of for the just sake get of it? the best players. Exactly. They're they're good if they're genuinely good, and for some reason, just people inexplicably don't have them, which does happen some years. There's some guy who's just sure. really good, and because they're unfashionable or for whatever reason, people just don't tend to own that player. In which yep. case, um, it can be an advantage to have them. But getting someone just for the sake of having a point of difference, I'm not really uh, on board with. And I think especially in round one, if yeah. if you buy someone who's not owned by many teams and he starts great, guess what's going to happen? Everyone else will buy him. So the whole pot idea will disappear. It's yeah. more second half of the season, I think. Um, a Jazz Tavanga kind of buy last year where no mm. one really got him because, you know, he's a bench forward. Bench forwards don't, you know, score yeah. 60 points a game. He did it week in, week out for, you know, second half of the season. So um, that kind of buy, yes. Otherwise, just, just buy the best players. Don't buy them. Don't really worry if other people have them or not. Mm. The only thing I'd add on Nissan Masters is that he um, was extremely consistent with his uh, getting big metres for mm. a centre um, plenty of offloads and yeah. sort of extraneous stats. Hardly any tries. So yeah. if he can there is do what he there. did again and score some tries, then he can actually go, you know, even further. But he's got to maintain a lot of pretty big stats to, yeah. to do that. The Tigers in general didn't score many tries last year. It's True. a big area of improvement. They have a new coach, so yeah, he could go up there. Scott McCormick asks uh, Victor Radley, is he looking the goods? Joe Stimson, Kurt Mann, and Matt Gillett looking at big minutes and big fantasy points. Um, Victor Radley, I kind of keep changing my mind on, but just the fact that when he plays in the middle, he, he's probably looking about 50 minutes. I'm not sure that's enough. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm more yeah, pro Radley than you are. Um, I agree. He, I think he'll play 50 minutes. I think he can still score low 40s, maybe 45 points a game. I'm not expecting him to be a keeper, but at his price, that's great. I mean, I think he's cheaper than... Dylan Edwards, who we're talking up as an option, and they they could both score 45 a game. Mm. You'd be happy with that from Edwards because he's a fullback. Radley, we think he's you know a second rower hooker. He should be scoring more, but if he gets 45 points a game at his price, that's fine. Um, the other guys he mentioned, Stimson, yes, big fan. We'll talk about him in a sec. Uh, Curtman, no, no, unless he starts, which doesn't look like that's going to happen. Uh, Matt Gillett's an interesting one. He he'll come back this week in the trial for Brisbane. Uh, he's been named at lock um, with Pangai out. Yep. Uh, so we assume he'll start, but I don't know if his minutes will be low to start with. He's been a really solid 45-point fantasy scorer in the mm. past, and he's cheap. You basically summed it up. He's been a solid 45-point player. Yeah. He's already priced at 45. He averaged 52 back in 2015, I think. Just usual um, and hasn't really looked like doing that again since. So just there's a complete lack of upside for a guy coming off a serious neck injury that, not only that, but the injury hasn't resulted in a, a discount price, really. it's uh, I don't really see. He's break-even. He's not actually priced at 45 because of this, you know, only played a few games last year, but he is priced at 37, which isn't a massive oh, drop. Yeah, just had a quick check. Um, so there is upside there. Um, not quite as much as a Radley could score a little more than Radley. But, um, yeah, I reckon wait and see how he goes this week. Uh, certainly an option, depending on what your, your money situation is like. I think I prefer Stimson. Um, yeah, for sure. 
but uh, yeah. All, yeah, even at enough. 37, I don't think, you know, even if it goes from 37 to 45, it's still, yeah. yeah. If it was 30 or something or 25, I'd yeah. be locking him in. Um, almost to the end of the questions, we had uh, someone, DRKNHT, Andrew McCulloch, a good shout as primary hooker. Is Sione Matadia more likely to play second row or centre? I have him at centre provided he plays second row in real life. Uh, Andrew McCulloch to start with. Uh, a lot of people really like McCulloch. I am a bit cooler on him. Um, I think his break-even is, what, 48 or something. Um, he's scored close to 60 in the past. We talked about him last week. Yeah. I think he'll score mid or low 50s would be my guess. So it's a slight bit of upside. I kind of feel like he's a little bit between... I mean, unless he does score high 50s, in which case, yes, great. But... Um, Otherwise, I think he's just under those top three uh, hooker keepers. So, yeah. I don't know. Your thoughts? Is he in your side at the moment? Uh, I, I had him, I think, in my first draft team, and I've managed to upgrade him to McInnes now. Um, I do see the appeal. Um, I think he can improve, like you said, priced at 48. I think he can get that into low to mid-50s, assuming he plays big minutes or, or close to 80 most weeks. But, um, yeah, the fact that you want your hooker to be as good as possible and he's probably a tier below those main guys was sort of what cooled me on him a bit. I see the appeal, but currently not in my team, a bit like you. Yep. Uh, the other one, Sioni Mataria, uh, I think he will play in the second row mm. when they're full strength. He played, I think he played in the centres on the weekend because yep. they got a few injuries in the centres at the moment, so he'll probably fill in there um, while that's the case. Uh, eventually, I think he'll play second row. I think he'll ideally start and play 80. He's not a huge... You know, scorer, but if he scores 40 points a game, he's priced at 30. That's a nice, simple, you know, cash cow equation. So, mm. concussions has been his, his one big yeah, issue I was in the about past. To say, cause, yeah. Because I think he played centre mostly last season because yeah. they needed him there. I think entirely centre last yeah. year. Yeah. The year before was when they first migrated him from the backs into the, the second row, and he was good, but he just kept getting head knocks. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I think I had him for a bit of that time, and it was. Mm. You know, he'd get he'd score forty five or something. You think great, and then mm. he'd get knocked out and get fifteen, mm. and that happened. I don't know. It felt like three or four times. So, yeah. so that really hurts, and that's a big uh, question mark that's going to be over him. You know, for a while. Yeah, I, I had him that year um, when he was playing second row and had a, a few good scores and price rises. But yep. again, yeah, the, the the head knocks really hurt. Um, he was in the centres on the weekend because uh, Tata Monga. Heimel Hunt and Nathan Ross all out with various sure. injuries. Um, Heimel Hunt, I think, will be available for round one and Moya um, not too f- long after that. So I think that should be yeah, pretty much guaranteed. And when they're all balls. back, it means he won't have to be that that Mitchell Augustin type who just moves to the centres yeah. every time. You know, they'll have, they'll have a bit of depth in their outside backs, um, mm-hmm. which has been uh, missing a little bit the Knights recently. So, so yeah, so long term, I think he, he probably will be the starting second row. It's just that concussion issue that it's going to be the big uh, question mark. Mm. Is he? Do you think he's going to play eighty? Because they're pretty stacked in the. They do have a lot. You got Barnett and Guerra, and you know you have to play Fitzgibbon for eighty, the form that he's in at the moment. Yeah, I still think probably. I don't mm. know. I mean, they could really rotate those guys in the middle a lot. Um, move a few of those, you know, Barnett in the middle and um, Guerra start a lock maybe. Um, yeah. Uh, they they really rate him, um, so good chance of yeah playing eighty. Even if you play, I don't know, sixty five or something, and lose a few minutes in a rotation, he should still score high thirties. I mean, second rowers are reasonably busy with big minutes, so um, for a centre priced at thirty, he's pretty solid. But there are actually a few good value centres this year, so 
you know, he's not necessarily the standout in that position. Yeah, for sure. Um, just to wrap up, I had a few separate questions on Josh Mansour as a potential underpriced mid-ranger. Yeah. Thoughts there? Uh, I, I actually had him in my first team I picked this year, and he's not in my team anymore. Uh, he was great a few years ago as, mm. you know, the, the ideal tackle-breaking winger. Um, and he's had a bunch of injuries, kind of has gone a bit cold last year. What did he score last year? Look at his numbers there. About yeah, 30 a game or something? Averaged uh, just under 34. He's currently priced at 33, so not really a discount on what he did. Yeah, exactly. So it's really just there's no obvious reason why he jumps significantly mm. this year. Is uh, this year his second year back from an ACL? Maybe it is. Maybe he's another one of those. Because he did it in the Kangaroos Tour at the end of, end of 16. So 17... Yeah was ruined 18 was his comeback year yeah two and a bit years after that yeah yeah so there could be that i mean and i think the fact that that dylan edwards is another real um you know ball carrying tackle breaking fullback mm. next to him so it's not like and Dallin. yeah exactly so it's not like he's the the standout guy they're going to be feeding constantly so uh yeah really good player i just don't see necessarily a huge upside in getting him compared to a few other real cheap you know, mm. winger fullbacks. I think he's one of those guys that a lot of fantasy coaches just have a you know a warm, glowing exactly. feeling towards. Exactly. He was that first, probably the first real winger when tackle breaks came in as, yep. as scoring, who was a viable because before that wingers were you'd score three tries just a game factor. and yeah. not be very good. And once tackle breaks came in, he was the one that really made wingers a, a yep. viable sort of fantasy option. We've seen the likes of Jordan Ruppner and all those guys. <clears throat> yep, be really good since, but he was kind of probably close to the first one so I, I see the appeal but at this point in his career I just think there's probably better options for your fantasy teams um, brings us to you know, the questions should we do a little bit of trial chat sure I um, so I was at Dragon's Knights down at a very blustery Wollongong um, wasn't a heap of fantasy probably relevant stuff to come out of that both spines look pretty handy um, Gareth Widdop uh, comfortable at the back with Corey Norman in the halves for the Dragons. Matt Dufty played the reserve grade half mm. of the trial, the second half, and he was actually brilliant. His running game and his passing game were both excellent, but I just don't really see him finding his way into the team at this point. Um, the winger, Michaela Ravalawa, was um, he yeah. played some of the, the first grade half of the trial, and then I think the whole of the, the second half scored two tries, one of them a really powerful solo effort. He will be an excellent fantasy prospect, I think, if he gets a he chance. Gets the game, yeah. The, um, the tackle-busting Fijian sort of prototype, um, really, really handy. Um, over on the Newcastle side, Callum Ponga was very impressive. Some dangerous runs, some really slick passing, a few long kicks. Um, looked at home in the six, but uh, as we've discussed earlier, I think losing all those metres from the back compared to picking up a few extra tackles in the front line and probably a few extra missed tackles, I don't know if he's um, going to be able to reproduce what he did. Last year, um, Lachlan Fitzgibbon, I think, is going to be in for a massive year. They're mm -hmm. going left a lot. Um, bad news for Jesse Ramian, who didn't really see the ball, but um, Fitzgibbon won try and you know a couple of dangerous runs. Otherwise, I think he could be uh, in for a real a real season. Yeah, he's a real try scorer for a second row. He was last year as well, so um, there's not like there's huge amounts of improvement there. But he could be a 55 point player this year, Angus Crichton type, when he would. He was a breakout player a few years ago. Yeah, I saw bits and pieces of the game. I was in the office of, sorry, of all the games on Saturday. Mm. Um, other standouts, Bronson Sherry was I did a, see the highlights. A yeah. star for the Sharks. Um, it's all about whether he can get a spot in the centres at Cronulla. But um, yeah, he looks he looks great, really quick. A um, couple of big line breaks, got to try. 
Uh, so everyone will be hoping he makes in, into the team sheet for round one. Uh, Drinkwater's pretty much wrapped up the fullback spot at the Storm, but as we've mentioned, he's not super cheap. Um, elsewhere, Katoni Staggs had a really good game for Brisbane. Mm. Uh, starting last week, he'll be on the bench this week. Again, he's one of those guys that I think is going to be the bench utility at, at a pretty stacked Broncos team. So unless he starts, he's probably... A no-go. Um, Nickel Klockstad, as you mentioned, fullback for Canberra, pretty solid. Um, uh, he's probably in. Do we think Corey Allen's a chance of getting a run in the Rabbitohs back three? Robert Jennings has just left for the Tigers. Yeah, that helps. A lot of people talk him up as a, uh, a fullback, but you'd think if um, the talk now is that GI is going to ease back in via the centres, which he did last year and ended up playing the whole year there. Yeah. Um, a lot of off-season talk about Alex Johnston being picked up by Somebody. another club, the Cowboys, someone. Now yep. it looks like he's going to stay at South. So surely that puts Corey Allen at, you know, sort of the third rung for a fullback. Doesn't mean he's out of the running for a, a back three spot with, with Jennings gone, like you said, but um, it would probably dent his scoring on the wing. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, rookie wingers, it's a real lottery. It can be from yeah. 15 points a game, which is not worth having up to, you know, a Josh Mansour, ideally. Mm. So, um, yeah, if he gets picked, he'll probably be in a lot of teams just for the you know the hope factor. But um, yeah, ideally you want him at fullback. I mean, it could happen if Inglis just stays in the centres all year, despite mm-hmm. the talk that he'll move to fullback. And if you know Wayne Bennett says Alex Johnson's best position is wing, which is probably true, and says Allen's is best at fullback, then that's the way he gets in. But um, but he's very young, and the other two are much more experienced. So we'll have to wait and see. Any other troll talking points? We did the injuries. The injuries was pretty much it. Um, uh, Pangai Jr.'s ownership has plummeted uh, since he got hurt. Uh, hamstring injury, as I mentioned, he could be back for round one anyway. He's had a lot of problems with those, though. So he has, don't yeah. rush him. And as we've said a lot of times already, um, Brisbane has a lot of forwards, so his minutes could be you know, reduced when he does come back. Um, kick out, looks like he'll miss a few weeks. Uh, he was great last year, could be great this year, but again, not a must-have by any means. And Tommy Turbo, yeah, out of the running now for the fullback spot. All right, let's dig into some uh, top tens. We'll start with the second rowers and coming in at 10th place, 13% ownership. I thought it'd be higher, actually, but uh, from the Sharks, Kurt Capewell. Yeah, so one of those um, options to play the full 80 in the forward pack and is available at centre. I think most people who have him in their teams will have him uh, in the centres. For sure. Break even of 29 um, bit of a Sione Matadia situation, but minus the concussion. So <laughs> assuming he does get a start, um, yeah, he looks like a really good buy in the centres this year, I think. Um, Wade Graham's not back till halfway through the year. Uh, Luke Lewis isn't there at all. So there's you know at least one, um, probably two spots up for grabs for the first half mm. of the season for, for undervalued players. So, yep, I can see a lot, of, uh, a lot to like in Capewell. Did he crack a ton a year or two ago? I think he did. Was it playing yeah, in the centres as well? It was. I think it might have been one of those ones. Scoring a few tries. And yeah, tries, line breaks, heaps of tackles. Yeah. Um, I forgot yeah, about that. Break even 29. If he's playing 80, which is an excellent chance, I think he's a really good option. Yep. Um, number nine is one of those what you see is what you get out and out guns. Marty Tapout, 15%. Yeah, uh, good captaincy option. Uh, he's not in my team, but as you say, you, you spend a lot, but you'll get a lot. So, yep, fine as an option. Number eight, uh, someone we're both pretty um, bullish towards is Joe Stimson at 15% from the Storm. Yes. Look, he might be my favourite pick at the start of the year out of any player. I think he was the first guy I picked. (laughs) 
Uh, he's only in 15% of teams, which is crazy. Break even 28. He is absolutely guaranteed, I think, to play uh, the 80 in the second row all year. He, he came off the bench a lot of last year and then the second half of the season got this starting uh, second row spot. Um, Ryan Hoffman's left. I've lost a few forwards in the last few years. Um, he won't score amazingly well, but he'll score at least 40 points a game, you'd expect. Definite, you know, it could make 150, 200 grand. Easy. Most people don't have him in their team, as we can see here. I reckon most casual fans wouldn't know who he is, so mm. that gives you a leg up on most casual fantasy players as well. So, yeah, a lot to like out of Joe Simpson. Do I recall him kicking a couple of goals when he did. Smith's off the field? It's, we're not obviously Smith's the main goal kicker. It's not really going to be a huge factor, but uh, it doesn't hurt either to, to have that in your, your kit bag. Number seven is <sighs> Bryce Cartwright at Bryce 15%. Cartwright. It, it really hurts me that he's in more teams than Joe Smith. <laughs> um, not much, but slightly. So every year, a lot of people keep the faith that Bryce Cartwright's going to be what he was one year at Penrith, he's very cheap. Unfortunately, he's very cheap because he was pretty bad mm. last year. He was also pretty bad the year before. Yeah. Um, he's had one good year and it was at 5'8". Yeah. And he won't be the 5'8". Yeah. The only reason I would buy him is if he was going to play a starting 5'8 for the Panthers in 2016. <laughs> um, but he's not. He's going to be a bench forward. He didn't get great minutes last year. It's hard to see him getting better minutes this year in a Titans forward pack that's just got a lot better. Ryan James is now at second row. That's how many middles they have. So, yeah, uh, competition's tougher in the back row. Um, break even's eighteen. He only scored I think nineteen points a game last year. He scored twenty two points a game the year before. So, yeah, he. I don't see making the seventeen to be honest. Uh, their, their depth isn't great in that second row position. Like you say, they've got a lot of middles that probably yep. pushes Ryan James to an edge. He can play eighty. Um, you know, Kevin Proctor can play 80. So you're talking yep. about, you know, I think he's probably behind the likes of, you know, Keegan Hipgrave. They've got a, a lot of sort of those dual position forwards like Boyle and King. Um, he wasn't good in the trial. He got Tamari Martin ran straight over the top of him to score yep. a try. He had one or two really bad errors. I, I'm not sure he makes the... They've got a team. lot of solid forwards and they also have real flash in their back line now. They've got Peachy. Mm. You know, Ash Taylor, Brimson's a bit of a star who might not even make it. So it's not like they rely on some mm. X factor and are happy to give up, you know, a defensive liability by playing Cartwright. So, yeah, the safe option is playing very few minutes, if any. So I can't see him scoring many fantasy points. Uh, number six we've talked about a bit already today is Katoni Staggs in 17%. He's basically, in my opinion, either he starts and you almost have to buy yep. him or he doesn't start and you just have to wait on him. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I think he'll be a bench player. Uh, bench, you know, as a utility player as well, he just might not get on the field a lot of weeks. Um, Anthony Seabold at South was happy to leave guys on the bench for 80 minutes if they didn't need him. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't like him at this point until um, he gets a spot in the centres. They've said he's been, I mean, he's been really good in the preseason. Yeah. He's been challenging those starters, but those starters are um, Jack Bird, who's an ex-Origin player, and James Roberts, who's a current Origin player. So, Pretty tough competition for a starting spot there in the centres for Stags. Yeah, for sure. Number five is currently in my team is uh, Jake Travojevic in 18% of sides. Yeah, another one of those guys who's just a really great scorer. If you get him, he's going to be your captain. His break-even's 58. He'll probably score about 58 a game. Um, I don't see any obvious reasons why he'll get better. 
but um, but yeah, what you what you pay for is what you get. Exactly. Uh, number four, similar basket, but I'm not quite as uh, warm on this yep. year. Jason Tamalolo, 21% of teams. Yeah, so he's a little cheaper than uh, Jake, but um, yeah, a bit more competition there at the Cowboys for you know just minutes and you know hit ups and and all that from uh, Josh McGuire arriving at the club this season. Um, Tomalolo was amazing in fantasy and in general two years ago when they made that run to yeah. the grand final without Thurston and Scott and all these guys. He was doing uh, everything. He was doing everything. Whereas last year they had John McLean uh, and the rest of the Cavalry came back. It didn't quite translate into a great season for the team. Um, this year the Cowboys pack looks even stronger. So, yeah, I think Tomalolo, if anything, you know, at best holds his price, more likely drops a little. So, yeah, I'd be looking elsewhere. Number three, we've talked about a bit today, Victor Radley in 22% of teams. Yeah, we talked about him last week as well. Uh, I like him, break even in the mid-30s, could score low 40s. Uh, not a must-have, but a bit of upside. Definite upside. Um, number two, Tavita Pango Jr., 22.5% of teams. We've also talked about a bit. Um, was absolutely a lock for my team until the latest hammy injury, oh, okay. and now I'm a little bit uncertain. Yeah, I'd, you could still get him. I mean, if he plays in round one... If you want to have him for the season, I guess in the lines up in round one anywhere, you probably want to get him. But, yeah, I don't think he's a must-have either. Um, his break-even's 43. He's never – I mean, he's he's new, but he hasn't scored 50 points a game, you know, consistently mm. for a, a while yet. So that's what you really want out of him, um, him to be a borderline keeper. So, you know, it could happen, but, yeah, the hamstring injuries are a little bit of a worry in general. Brisbane's forward pack we've talked about already. So, yeah, I can see why his ownership's dropped about 5% in the last couple of days after that injury. Yeah, I think he was, in my opinion, probably one of the ones who really was going to benefit from Maguire and Thayday leaving the club. Um, I had him for a lot of last year and had some great performances out of him. And then I remember one week at, uh, at Shark Park, he, um, he scored a try in about the first or second minute and I was you know, <laughs> counting my 100-plus uh, you know, yeah, score yeah. already and then he went off very early with a... I think that was a hammy as well. And that's sort of the, the frustration of Pango Jr. So, yeah, I'm a little bit wary at the moment. Yep. Number one, who I think is in a lot of I'm surprised it's only 27% yep. actually we've, we've both got him which is uh, Cameron Murray from South yeah 27 he should be in every team I think like Stimson and a couple of other players um, yeah I've been waiting for at least a year for Cameron Murray to become <laughs> a, a fantasy force uh, two years ago at the end of that year he, he you know was really promising when he got his minutes uh, scores really well when he's on the field last year he had a few chances at lock scored well then went back to the back to the bench this year uh, Angus Crichton going to the Roosters means that uh, there's an extra starting spot available in that back row Cameron Murray has got it Sam Burgess will move to the edge Um, so break even of 40 I think he can score 55 so um, probably keep a great price just by him just need him to to stay in that starting 13 and he's yeah. guaranteed to, to make plenty of cash which does depend a little bit on how Sam Burgess plays as well I think yeah. if they if he slumps they might move him back which is the one real risk yeah for sure um, let's move on to the top 10 most selected halves in 10th spot uh, someone was definitely in my team uh, <laughs> in my first draft team but is currently not in my team is uh, Eels Utility Jamin Salmon in 9% of sides yeah so the news from the weekend uh, on him is that he will miss round one over a drink driving charge the uh, Eels have stood him down so that really hurts um, he was set to line up in the centres probably for Parramatta um, hard to really 
pick him now if he's going to miss round one. You know, if the Eels get a big win, they're not really going to drop players necessarily That's for thing, a fairly yeah. unproven uh, youngster. So, yeah, one to watch later on now, I think. Yeah, they've got, I mean, if again, a bit like Payne Haas, if you knew he was going to come in, <coughs> come in and command a, a starting spot and, and be good, then you'd say one week it's fine, I'll buy him anyway. Yeah. But they've got, you know, Michael Jennings is probably going to hold down a spot you'd think the whole year Brad Takarangi who's potentially the the odd man out there and has mooted a back row spot for a while now um, can also play there and there's there's quite a few young guys as well so um, not quite a a must have for me Um, in number nine uh, Cameron Munster in eight percent of sides yeah um, quality player obviously Uh, he scored really well in the past uh, in storm teams that didn't have Billy Slater in them um, either playing at fullback or at 5 eighth. Um, bit of an unusual fantasy scorer in that he's mostly a, a ball runner. He's not like a dominant kicker, mm. um, but his running game's great. He sets up tries. He kicks a little bit. Um, uh, yeah, so break even in the mid-40s, could score 50 and up. Um, not an absolute must-have by any stretch, but uh, one of those really underpriced guys. If he does become a keeper, he's, he's very good value right now. Uh, in number eight, someone whose stocks have probably dipped um, from what we've seen in the trials is Kurt Mann in 10% of teams. Yeah, so as we've said, I think he'll come off the bench, in which case you don't want him in your team. But um, if he does win that starting hooker spot, he's very cheap. Um, Danny Levi was the starting hooker in the trial on the weekend. Played quite well once he had a, uh, a good forward pack in front of him. Kurt Mann eventually got his chance at dummy half, and I'd have to say it was less than convincing and then spent probably more time at centre than he did at hooker. Um, I think definite got utility written all over him. Yeah, I, I remember one play where it was the last tackle. They're right on uh, the Dragons line and Mans just run from dummy half into three defenders and got tackled for the for a handover. And I thought, that's not a great <laughs> dummy half option. So he's uh, got a bit of work to do there. Yeah, I think he'll be in the 14 in round one. Absolutely. Uh, number seven is uh, one of the big guns, Nathan Cleary in 15% of teams. Yeah, Cleary I really like. Um, He's been a, I mean, he's got the record, I think, for the highest individual score in a, yep. uh, a fantasy score in a game. Um, his break even's 52, which is, you know, he's quite expensive, but he's scored higher than that before. Second half of last year, he scored about 60 points a game. Once he got his fitness back, um, he's a little underpriced because of the injury he picked up early in the year. And yep. then when he came back, uh, Maloney kind of ran things a little longer for a few weeks. He didn't kick goals initially for maybe four or five weeks. Yep. Um, so yeah, a little underpriced, uh, proven gun. Uh, yeah, if you've got money to spend in the halves, he's probably the best the best option. Mm, he's one of those players where if you're going to start the year with four or five guns, he could potentially be one exactly. of them next yep. year for feeder and Tedesco type players. Yep. Number six, uh, dual position, uh, Bryce Cartwright. Uh, let's just move on, Don't shall do we? It. Don't do it. Number five is in my team, Michael Morgan. Eighteen percent of sides, uh, plenty of upside. Yeah, he's in my team as well. I think he's probably one of those must-haves. Uh, also, uh, break even of 30 before he scored 55, 60-ish in that uh, incredible Cowboys run a couple of years ago when there was no Thurston. He'll be the dominant half again this year, especially, I think, if he's playing next to Tamara Martin. Um, or Clifford, really. Or Clifford. I mean, Clifford's a, a kid. Um, uh, Martin doesn't kick much, which helps uh, mm. Morgan a bit. But, yeah, star player, really cheap. He'll be a dominant half. He could score 50 a game. 
uh, yeah, I think mm. definite buy. He probably averages more with Tamari in the team than Clifford based on, like you said, kick metres and Clifford being more of the genuine controlling yep. half. But um, I think either way, he's the senior guy. He scored great when Thurston's out. Huge injury dramas last year, abdominal strains yep. and in and out of the you know, first grade before he um, finally had a, a season ender. So I think there's plenty of upside there. And a lot of people expect the Cowboys to be better in general this yeah. year, which, which will help for the halves. For sure. Uh, number four, we've talked about a bit. I think he's in both of our teams. Adam Kieran from the Warriors, who currently looks like the front runner to replace Sean Johnson. Yeah, rookie half uh, that's going to start. I like the look of. He seems pretty solid. Um, kicking games, uh, pretty good. Got a lot of kick meters on the weekend. Uh, he's in my team. Uh, I think it's a simple one. If he gets named in round one, he'll be in a lot of teams. Potentially the goal kicker ahead of Isaac yeah. Luke if, um, yep, if he does start. Number three, perhaps confusingly, is Chanel Harris-DeVito, who's the other, the <laughs> the, other guy. The other team. option. So when the round one team lists come out, one of these two guys is going to plummet in uh, ownership, you'd expect. One will go up and one will go down. Yeah, I think um, you hope not many people own both of them. Because that, that would seems, be a poor strategy. Yeah, so I think that uh, 26% will all jump onto Kieran if it's expected he gets named uh, in round one. Uh, number two, we've talked about a fair bit already today. Callum Ponger at 34% was absolutely incredible last year, but we're not seeing any upside this year. Yeah, I think it'd be a lot of casual players would have Ponger. Obviously, he's a superstar, the most exciting young player in the comp. Um, was really good in fantasy last year, but that's, yeah, as, was, as we've said, not a great reason to buy him this year. So I'd look somewhere else at this point. Uh, number one, no surprises in uh, just over a third of teams is Eels rookie Dylan Brown. Yes, he's been uh, good in the trials. He's definitely got that spot, we think. Um, he could score 40 points a game. He's bargain price. You know, tick, 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 tick. You have mm. to have him in your team. Must have. Currently running in with him as my secondary starting half rather yeah. than on the bench. I'm so. okay with that as well, having yeah. him in your, in your scoring 17. Well, that brings us to the top 10s. We've gone through the questions and the trial lists. So um, this time next week, we'll be back to discuss what will be the biggest weekend of trials, the um, the big final weekend where every team's running close to their, their best 17. Um, so I have a pretty good idea what team's looking like for round one. So please join us then.